My name is Michael Scott. Welcome to my world and prepare to be awakened. I'm Jamie, Jeff, Sean, and Chris, and welcome to episode 15. Today we are talking about the Witch of Endor and Mars, but before we get to that, big news, we are now less than 100 days to the release of the Necromancer, so I can taste it, it's getting so close. (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't be close, Jamie. (laughs) No, it shouldn't. They're high in fiber. You can taste the necromancer. I mean, not like dead things. It probably tastes pretty nasty. Ew, no. (laughs) Not like that. (laughs) (laughs) So this month we have a very special project that we're working on, and I'm going to pass it over to Jeff so he can tell us a little bit about it. That is correct, Jamie. Um, We are actually teaming up with uh, a great charity called Book Wish, and... They really are working on a really great cause, and you know we feel at Full Mel's Immortal Portal and the Awakenings Podcast that you know we, we it's time for us to step up and and, and try to give something back. So uh, it's a real great opportunity for us, and uh, you know we'd we'd really like to get all the fans involved in this. So uh, what we've done actually is we've contacted uh, Logan, uh, representative from uh, from the book wish and we're going to bring him on now and uh, let him tell you guys a little bit about the charity y- you on there logan i am thank you very much jeff for that introduction oh uh, no problem how's it going today uh, well i'm just very excited to uh have the opportunity to talk to your community and um and i hope they can help us great great we're we're excited to have you on i mean you know, ever since we we found out about you guys, I've been uh, I've been really gung ho with getting on board and getting the word out there for uh, for your cause. So well, I really appreciate that because it is a cause that um, needs publicity. We're talking about uh, Darfur, and Darfur was uh, in the news a lot years ago, mm-hmm. and has dropped out of many people's minds, but. Uh, there are hundreds of thousands of Darfuris who are have been sitting uh, for all these years in refugee camps, and they're they've been somewhat forgotten. And that's the community that we're we're working to help now. So really appreciate your publicizing this. Now, now, what exactly is is your charity going to be um, providing for for these refugees? Well. Uh, Bookwish Foundation has been working uh, in three refugee camps in eastern Chad for about two years now. Uh, Chad is a country adjacent to Sudan, and a lot of the uh, people who fled from Darfur crossed the border into Chad and ended up in these refugee camps. We have already been providing books and uh, other aid to support reading, like reading glasses and solar rechargeable lights during the past two years. But our biggest goal uh, all along has been to build libraries. We have these camps that have about 30,000 people in them. Wow. Uh, hardly any books. Classrooms don't have textbooks, and um, there are no, there's no fantasy literature. 
There's right. nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, so we, uh, so we've all long been uh, wanted to to build libraries, brick buildings, about five thousand books in each, each library, to serve these quite large communities, about thirty thousand people uh, in, in a camp. And and we're now at the point where we're we're well into fundraising to actually make this a reality. And basically, what that entails is literally raising money for each brick that has to go into building a library in the middle of a refugee camp in the desert. And those bricks have to be made by uh, local uh, local craftsmen, and um, it costs a certain amount of money, and that's what, mm-hmm. we're, what we're working on, so we can actually have a building to house uh, all of the books. Right, so you're, you're, uh, you're basically your campaign is, is a buy a brick or sponsor a brick. That's right. Well, what we we worked out is that a two dollar donation would essentially cover the cost of one brick, and so we're asking uh, people, even if it's just one brick, to donate and help us build this library. We figure we need about five thousand bricks. As of right now, we're at a thousand and seventy three bricks. So oh, wow. we're about That's great. we're a little over twenty percent of the way to the goal of five thousand bricks, and um, we're we're proceeding. And and with the help of your of your uh, listeners. And the uh, forum members, I'm sure that we'll make a lot of progress, even if everyone just donates one brick. We'll, right. We'll make a huge difference. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that, you know, with no no books and no reading, I mean, it's really hard to uh, to get educate, to educate people. Yeah. it's A lot of it is about education. Essentially, there are schools in the refugee camps, but they don't have textbooks, as I said. Right. Um, the teachers are not themselves educated. Their teachers are the best educated of the refugees, but very few of the 500 or so teachers in these camps attended any college. Many, Some of them don't have uh, secondary education. So mm. you have to ask, what is the source of information? How do people learn? They don't have Internet. They don't have there – there is radio, um, but it's uh, not overwhelmingly educational. So how do they learn? And the answer is books. So a lot of the library will uh, will be educational. There will also be there's also a very large mental health component to this. Mm-hmm. I'm sure all of your listeners enjoy reading. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get pleasure out of reading, mm-hmm. and the same is true for people. So there's a big mental health component. Uh, addressing specific problems, but uh, just very uh, bad situation. The, we also believe that the books help with job training. There are certain types of jobs that in one of these refugee camps with 30,000 people that could actually uh, help someone earn a living, sort of mechanical repair jobs, radio repair, uh, and uh, nursing and and teaching. And so there's also a job training aspect to those books. Right, yeah. Now, our viewers uh, basically range from um, uh, 65 different countries and territories. Is this wow. kind of open to a, a a global thing? I mean, can can people say from all over the world make donations? Absolutely. Uh, so on our website, bookwish.org, anyone can donate. Uh, the, the book, the brick campaign, is a little uh, brick in, on the website. You can click on. You can go to bookwish.org/library-builder, uh, uh, and it's open to anyone to donate. The website is in English only. But uh, we certainly welcome donations from around the world. For um, donors in the U.S., it is possible to get a tax deduction. We are a 501c3, so donations are tax deductible. 
but we certainly welcome involvement of people from around the world, and we have had a, a lot of support from uh, globally, and we welcome support. Great. Yeah. Uh, now, let's say uh, some of our listeners maybe you know can't afford or maybe aren't of the age to be able to uh, to to donate monetary. Is there is there any kind of uh, of book donation? That that you guys accept that you're sent over there, or how are the books being being uh, stocked into these uh, into the that's library? A very, that's a very good question. So there are a lot of uh, a lot of charities that solicit in kind donations of books from the public, then put all those books on uh, cargo containers and ship them to Africa or other places where there aren't books. Mm-hmm. That isn't how we operate uh, because unfortunately, what happens is the books don't match the needs of the readers very well. Right. There are, first of all, there's a very low educational level, low literacy level in uh, in English and in other languages, and uh, there are cultural concerns as well mm-hmm. with the content. So what we do instead of asking for general donations from the public is we first try to find out what books do the readers, in this case the refugees, want to read, what what do they need to read, what are the really appropriate subjects, and then you know which books address those at the right reading level. Uh, and typically the answers are very, they're so specific that um, most people will, will not have those books just kind of lying around. Right. Some of the types of, of books we're talking about are like family health care and small-scale farming, uh, peace-building books. Mm-hmm. So one possible exception is in the children's category. Uh, there are a lot of children in the refugee camps, and about 95% of them are able to read at their at their age level because they've had some education in mm-hmm. the refugee camps. But there are no children's books. So it is possible that we will open up donations of some categories of children's books to the public. But right now we are not, uh, we're not doing that. Uh, Chad is a landlocked country. It's, it's difficult to send anything to Chad. Uh, within Chad, the refugee camps are in a very remote part of the country, very little transportation infrastructure in between, mm-hmm. um, and there are very big security problems. So shipping is very difficult, but it is possible in the future that we'll have uh, a, a donation of children's books. But okay. the people who, who say can't uh, aren't able to, to, to sponsor a brick, which is just $2, but I certainly understand that not everyone uh, is able to do that. There are other ways to help. And, and I think the most important thing that someone could do um, is to spread the word about this program. Right. To make an effort to go on Twitter or Facebook or tell a friend, hey, uh, if you go on this website, you can buy a brick for, for $2. And so even if they don't themselves buy the brick, mm-hmm. we'll get the bricks that way. Right, yeah. And that would be, would be appreciated as well. Oh. Also, on, on our website, there's a link bookwish.org slash volunteer hyphen opportunities. Or if you just go to bookwish.org in the top right, it says volunteer opportunities. Mm-hmm. There are ways that people could potentially volunteer remotely. So if someone's okay. sort of interested in the project, but they're not, they don't, they're not able to donate sure. uh, financially, there could be uh, uh, other opportunities. And the, the main one is we're, we are looking for a different fundraising project to raise funds for the same purpose for libraries. We are looking for um, artists. So if any if any of your listeners or any, mm-hmm. any one of the forums are really artistic, uh, we would be uh, interested in hearing from them if, they, if they'd like to volunteer as well. Wow, great. 
Now, you, you guys do have a, a Twitter and a Facebook right. account. Uh, we're on Twitter. Our username is Bookwish, B-O-K-W-I-S-H. Okay. And our Facebook is facebook.com slash Bookwish. Great. Great. Well, what we'll do, uh, Logan, is we'll go into our Twitter account and follow you guys, so that way our listeners Great. will be able to find you easy um, on Twitter. All of our Twitter followers will be, be able to uh, to find you guys pretty easily. And what we're also going to do is on the main page of the website, we're going to put a button on there that's going to have your Bookwish logo and a couple bricks and so that it'll be front and center for people to uh, to go on there and click on and that link will take a, take the viewer of our site to your site to be able to make a donation. I just want to say that Twitter has been has helped us to raise a lot of the bricks. We're asking people when they donate to tweet a message like I'm building a library for refugees with a link. Great, great. Many of the donors have done that, and then their followers have read that and come through and donate. So that has actually helped us. Uh, we great. haven't sort of reached a critical mass. We're, we, were, we, weren't, we haven't been trending on Twitter, for example. <laughs> right. But, um, but it is helpful, and it has resulted in additional donations. And also, if you donate uh, on the website, it'll ask you either for your name, or you can remain anonymous, or you can give your Twitter username. Oh, okay. If you give your Twitter username, we'll we'll send a thank you on Twitter as well. So oh, great! Know that you that you're supporting. The and uh, in that, our listeners can kind of put Flamel's Immortal Portal, so you can kind of like track of where where they came yeah, from so to donate for for that. Yeah, you can when you donate, you can donate in honor of someone. Sure. Uh, you could also donate in memory of someone, but I think it would be great if your listeners would donate in honor of of your website or mm-hmm. in honor of Michael Scott or mm-hmm. and if, if they if you if your listeners decide to all donate in honor of your website for example right uh, I can we can pick that out and maybe separately track the number of donations that come from your listeners right right great they also you also have an opportunity if you donate to leave a message about why you love books and that message could be particular to the uh, Ramel books so yeah, definitely. Um, we would like to recognize um, the contribution of your listeners, and and on uh, on on our the main part of our website, uh, we will be glad to run an article about um, about this effort, so Great. other people will know what you're doing. Great. Well, Logan, I'd like to personally say that I think this is a great cause, and um, you know I applaud you and your organization for uh, for standing up and for making this happen. You know, I, I think there's not enough of this going around right now, and I'd, I'd just like to personally thank you for the change that you guys are going to be making in uh, these refugees' well, lives. I really appreciate that, and everything that you just said about me goes for you as well, and any of your listeners who take action, um, it is important to support causes uh, morally and, and to support them in spirit. Um, but uh, if you really want to make a, a difference, you have to take action. And right. it isn't always easy. Uh, we hope that this is an easy way for people who want to have an impact to actually do something. And really appreciate that you're uh, having me on now and, uh, and organizing this so that uh, your community can actually have really make an impact for the refugees. I think that to build a library for 30,000 people at $2 a brick is pretty cost-effective. Uh, yeah, 
Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Logan, we really appreciate you coming on the show, and we uh, we may get a, an update from you here uh, a couple months. Absolutely, once, once we get going on. To give me an update. Great, great. And we may, once, uh, once we uh, break ground. Uh, yeah. To get some photos and maybe some videos as well. That would be absolutely excellent, Logan. We uh, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, we applaud you for all the great work you do. Thank you for Thank your you time. Thank you very much, Jeff. Uh-huh. All right. You know, that was some great news. You know, we'll be uh, working our way towards helping out this Book Wish Foundation. And once again, for all you listeners out there, um, you can find the button to find out more. There's a link on the main page of the portal site right at the top. So – Please uh, click and check them out. They do good things. In other news, apparently there was some problem with the recording last week. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that on the forum. People were talking about that. People – someone uh, – random quote, Chi-Chi said something about a random – I don't even know what uh, happened. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Well, so, somehow you know, there's been a lot of complaints on the forum or you know, emails, whatever, that no one got to hear the random quote from, uh, from last month. So you know we're still not sure what happened. Might have been an error with the audio file or or something like that during the segment. So this month we're we're going to do something uh, a little special, you know, to kind of make up for that. You know, um, you guys you guys didn't get to do the random quote, so we've been cleared from Michael to give you this exclusive reveal from the Necromancer. Awesome. Yeah. You, you guys ready? This is big. All right. So <laughs> this is this is really cool. All right. You guys aren't going to believe this, but Scatty and Joan... We interrupt your regularly scheduled programming for an important news story from AKA News. Good evening, and welcome to AKA News, the home of breaking news and on-location reporting. I'm Chi-Chi Goldstein-Berkowitz, and this is our top story. An unusually large amount of Radis Norv... Whatever or more commonly known as sewer rats, have rushed the streets and alleys of Chinatown District of San Francisco, California. Swarms of rats pushed their way through businesses and clambered up onto rooftops in an almost synchronized fashion. Oh, that's so disgusting. One report from the scene says that a man dressed in a long red cloak playing a musical pipe is to blame for the sudden hemorrhage of furry rodents. Luckily, we already had our on-scene reporter get Friday in San Francisco, fresh off covering another story. We're going to him now, live. Get, what can you tell us about the scene? Well, Chi-Chi, it's Guy, and I've only just arrived. But I can tell you that this is nasty. I can't even take a step in my new alligator skin loafers without stepping on a... Ah, it bit me, the dirty little... <clears throat> I, uh, I have the city health inspector here for comment. Mrs. Hamlet, can you tell us exactly which restaurant these disease-invested creatures were destined for and whose plate they'd ended up on? Well, we're not jumping to any conclusions here. We're not exactly sure where these vermin have come from, but I can personally assure you that our local inspectors do a thorough job of investigating the restaurants located in Chinatown. Miss, don't you think it's a little too convenient that you're wearing a jade earrings, the stone preferred by Chinatown mafioso Uncle Benny? What? These were a gift from my husband. How dare you insinuate that I would in any way receive gifts to turn a blind eye on health violations? Please, Mrs. Hamlin, you reek of soy sauce, and you've got a little piece of cabbage stuck in your teeth. Someone take this woman to the police. Soy sauce? Okay, maybe I just came from lunch, but that has nothing to do with... Hey, hey, don't touch me. I can walk just fine by my... Stop, quit it. No, don't touch me. Totally awesome investigative work there, Git. 
So what can you tell us about the city's plans for catching and removing these pests? That's why they pay me the big bucks, and for my amazingly perfect hair and million-dollar smile. And again, it's Guy. But it's funny you should ask about the cleanup efforts. I've got next to me the man they flew in from the East Coast for this experience with catching these types of pests. Did you say your name was Jim Bob? Yes, um. Two words. Yes, um. Okay. So, Jim Bob, uh, what exactly is your plan of attack to rid the city of this infestation? Well, I'm going to take this here rat-catching device. I made it myself. <laughs> and walk these here streets till I've done snatched all them critters up, leaving no porta potty left unturned. Now, Chi-Chi, you can't see this, but Jim Bob is holding what appears to be a plain brown burlap sack with the words Rat O'Ritter 2000 spray-painted on the side in bright orange. <laughs> My mama came up with the name. <laughs> Hi, Mama. <laughs> I'll be home supper soon. Oh, there's a big one. Here, ready, 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 ready. Here, ready, ready, ready. Well, um, there you have it, Peachy. A town full of disease-infested rodents, a corrupt government official, and a guy named Jim Bob with a burlap sack who I think called me ma'am. I, I couldn't make this stuff up if you paid me to. Reporting from Chinatown, this is Git Dr Guy Friday. Thanks, Git. Be sure to try the chicken on a stick while you're there. Another strange report of strange events from a strange location. Coming up at 11... Why do millions of crows and ravens suddenly change their migration patterns and descend upon Northern California, leaving a rather sticky mess for city workers to clean up on the Golden Gate Bridge? We've got answers. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. Wow. I can't believe he would do that to them. I'm in shock. Uh, you know... Uh that he even let us say that was amazing. I know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, is there even a point in reading the book now? I, it's big, isn't it? Wasn't it huge? I think we should all just pack up and go home. Yeah, I mean, what else can we do, <laughs> you know? what else can we do besides that? I mean, with that kind of information about Scatty and Joan, I mean, that's just crazy stuff. So, what do we need a podcast for now? Yeah. Uh, big reveal, big reveal. But, you know, uh, we're not here to talk about Scatty and Joan. We're going to talk about the witch in Mars, so let's uh, let's move on to what the next point is. Emails. Emails. We got, emails this month. We got lots and lots of emails, so. We All right, so we're going to spend the next hour and a half reading every single one of them, right? <laughs> every oh, we got. unfortunately, we don't have enough time for that, so if we don't read your email, I'm really sorry, but keep sending them. We love hearing from you guys. We, we, we love getting emails. You know, we kind of set ourselves up for... <laughs> for a problem there by begging for emails, you know, because we, now we don't, we got so many, we don't have a time to really get all choosers. of them. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> it's, our, it's our fault, but thank you guys so much for sending emails in. And even if we get this many every single month, at some point, if you didn't get your email read this month, we'll make sure we get you next time. So keep sending them so there's more to read, them. right? Exactly. So who's our first email from? We got one from. Justin, also known as Anariku, on the forum. So he's a forum member, so thanks, Justin. I'm going to call you Justin. So his email says, uh, Hi, my name is Justin, or Oniriku on the forum. 
I started listening to the podcast just a few months ago, so I'm trying to get caught up. Fantastic, Justin. You guys keep talking about the all-seeing eye, or as Jamie likes to argue, the eye of Horus. Yes, the magician, she does. Yes, she does. I do. You could don't even need the eye of Horus. You could just be, or Jamie likes to argue. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, be nice. Leave her alone. <laughs> not. Be nice. <laughs> In The Magician, on page 200 of the North American hardcover edition, Flamel has just gotten to St. Germain's house, and everyone has joined him in the kitchen. This is what the part says. The alchemist smiled. Well, not the only reason, he admitted. He reached into his pocket and plucked out a narrow cylindrical tube. Everyone around the table leaned forward. Even Scatty stepped in to look at it. Unscrewing both ends, Flamel removed and unrolled a length of rustling parchment. Nearly 600 years ago, I hid this within my tombstone, little thinking that I would ever need to use it. He spread the thick yellow parchment on the table. Drawn in red ink, faded to the color of rust, was an oval with a circle inside it, surrounded by three lines forming a rough triangle. Josh leaned over. I've seen something like that before, he frowned. Isn't there something like that on the dollar bill? Ignore what it looks like, Flamel said. It's drawn this way to disguise its true meaning. What is it, Josh asked. It's a map, Sophie said suddenly. Yes, it's a map. The alchemist nodded. Very good. It's a map of all the ley lines in Europe. Towns and cities, even borders might change beyond all recognition, but the ley lines remain the same. Sorry for the long quotation, but I wanted to make my point clear. So the all-seeing eye, or as Jamie likes to argue, the eye of Horus, is actually the map of the ley lines that Flamel pulls out to show the twins. I hope this helps you guys clarify it. Oh, Jamie, you and Chris can't let Jeff argue against it. He seems to argue against everything, except for Brittany, just because she likes his accent. <laughs> you guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. And Sean is hilarious, just throwing that out there. Sean, wait, I don't, I don't, I don't see that written there, Sean. Uh, uh, did you just throw that in there, Dan? Maybe. <laughs> no, Hi, there. Brittany. <laughs> Yeah, well, I like to argue against things I, I don't think are right. <laughs> but you got a valid point, Justin. I mean, that that is obviously there. Yes. In my opinion, and you know, we have confirmed from Michael that you know it was it was uh, horse related. What did he not in in the covers? I don't know if he ever confirmed that it was horse related because we didn't find out about horse until after the sorceress. But uh, I will clarify said. that. The all-seeing eye is actually a derivative of, from the Eye of Horus from ancient Egypt. It's even though the symbols don't look the same, they have the same meaning, and they like one morphed into the other. Kind of how you can have multiple symbols that mean the same thing. So, right, exactly. So yeah, but thank um, you for pointing that out because I had totally forgotten about the map thing. And yeah. and the the other part of that too is the fact that I mean to kind of back up Justin on this one a bit is if you look at the cover of the magician there's the symbol for Mars is in the lower right hand corner right so a symbol representing Mars in the upper right hand corner seems kind of redundant it does and to talk to Sean's point also it's not just a meaning of Horus it is a representation of him but it has other meanings on top of that it has oh, yeah, of course. It, all seeing eyes so yeah I mean it wouldn't be on the dollar bill if it wasn't yeah it was a Freemason the yeah. Illuminati. Yeah, exactly. And the Freemasons. <laughs> All right. So what else are we going to get here for emails? So the next email is from Burke in San Jose, California. And he says, hey, guys, what do you think was the final breaking point for Mars to turn him from a hero to insane? Was it using Claren and Excalibur together that pushed him over the edge? Was it one son killing another or was it something else entirely? That's a great question. 
I think, <laughs> and it's a great segue into this podcast, and um, we think... will definitely, definitely be getting to that. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want to spend too much time on that specific thing right now because you know then we won't get to other things. But we're, we're, we'll we'll discuss this when we get to the uh, the the normal discussion. Promise. Yep. Uh, did we get any messages? We did. In fact, oh, yeah, yeah. we got, we got uh, there one was a couple from... people that claimed to have uh, to have called in. I know. I guess we'll just have to see if. I guess we'll have to see if people did what they said they were going to do. So uh, the first one is from Josh, also known as Fuzzbin. Fuzzy. Hey, Awakenings, guys. This is Fuzzbin, or Josh, as I am on the forum. Uh, just calling in to comment. Uh, you guys asked for some video um, for some voicemails. Here they are. Mine's about um, the swords. You guys had mentioned in last week's podcast, or last month's podcast, rather, that you were pretty sure that Excalibur and Joyce um, weren't the same sword. Just to confirm that for you guys, just to give you a little help with that. Uh, Scatty comments in The Alchemist that Excalibur, the Sword of Ice, uh, she thought it was lost ages past, thrown back into the lake when Artorius died. Whereas by uh, Joyce in The Sorceress, in The Magician, uh, she says that the last time that Joyus was used as a weapon was when Charlemagne, the Holy Roman Emperor, carried it into battle. So I'd say that that's pretty um, pretty solid that the uh, that they're not the same. Great podcast, keep up the great work. Love listening to it. And Silver Touch, you'd better call in because I did it. Throw in the gauntlet. Anyway, I keep up the great work and uh, looking forward to hearing the next podcast. Fuzz been out. Awesome. Fuzz been out. I'm glad awesome. somebody's yeah. paying attention. <laughs> See, I, I told you guys. I told you guys, it's not the same sword. So, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for finding that, Josh. We appreciate it. Did Charlemagne come after Arthur? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. I think I think we've got uh, we got the name of the of a, of a third sword there easily. All right. So, Josh made a little so request. He threw out, he threw out... Yeah, you threw out a little uh, a little challenge there. And uh, was was his challenge met? Um, I think it was. So his challenge was met before he even technically threw it because we haven't played that answering machine call yet. Yep, but I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey guys, this is Liam Silvertouch on the forums from Virginia, and I just wanted to comply to Jeff and or Sean's wishes that I call in using. One, well, the one microphone I bought that actually worked, because the other one never worked, even out of the box, so Best Buy gave me my money back on that. Yay. Um, yeah, I gotta go now, because I'm about to have a laughing fit from the Skype audio configuration thing, because, of course, they would use a girl with a British accent. So, keep up the good work, and bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, he he did call yeah. in, didn't he? He he kept his uh the of deal. He did. Uh well, thank you uh thank you Liam for that voicemail. Hopefully you have a little bit more uh um <laughs> information in your next one. <laughs> but we love him. We love we love just saying hi. Anyone wants to call him, just say hi. Call him yep. say hi. Works for me. Works for me too. Yeah. So uh, is that all the voicemails? That is all the voicemails. Hey, two is good. I'll take two. Two is hey, better than zero. We haven't had one in a while. <laughs> exactly. So, what about the poll? About the poll. 
What was the poll, Sean? I don't know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We asked, you guys answered. Why did the witch give Sophie all her memories? The overwhelming winner is Sophie is going to need them in the future, implying that the witch knew this and is helping Sophie. That was the vast, vast number of the winning percentage. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then she wants to overtake Sophie's body, and she thinks she's going to die soon. We're low, and absolutely nobody thought she was being nice. (laughs) Funny how that is. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. So, I actually am leaning more towards the uh, overtaking Sophie kind of thing. I just don't – I don't really trust the witch yet personally. Well, I don't think we should. You know, I keep going back to this with the whole conversation between Nicholas and Scatty in the car on the way there. You know, their whole hesitation about going. And somebody even says, you know, Parnell wouldn't send us there unless, you know – that's where we had to go. So they don't really want to go there, and they don't really think she's going to help them. But you know, lo and behold, once they get there, she knows they're coming. She saw the, what was going to happen in the shadow around. So she seemed a little too willing. She a, a lot too willing. And all of a sudden, she you knows she imbues Sophie with uh, with her not only her knowledge but but the air magic as well. I mean, it just seems like a little a little too a little too much. So she's got something up her sleeve. I, I'm not convinced that she did that for Sophie's uh, Sophie's best interest. I mean, because you look at the opposite in what like Mars did to Josh. Yeah, he gave Where him Mars something just useful. Gave him, he gave him instinctive knowledge, something that wasn't going to overtake Josh. It was just something incredibly useful. Although right. there well, is, that, if, well, that, if, we, that we know, that we know. And if you believe, you know, I know it's a big if, but if you believe. The one statement the witch makes, she does say, I hope some will be of use to you in the dire days ahead when she – right after she's done done that to Sophie. And so, right. you know, if you can trust that, then that would say that she is meaning – I don't know that it's necessarily meaning good use of it, but she means Sophie to use the knowledge in some way, the same right. way Mars did, yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know. It's still not determined what Mars gave Josh. I mean, yeah, he he knows all this, he knows all these things with uh, the military and stuff. But did he give him any memories? I, I don't think he gave him any memories. Like you said, Sean, some kind of instinctive warrior ability or something. But it's still never. It's still not been all the defined. all the knowledge defined. without the actual memories. Yeah, how do you do that? You know what I mean? I think the bigger question is, what is Mars going to ask? Josh in return for awakening him. Exactly, exactly. I think it's got, it's got to have something to do with what he gave him. I mean, I know I know he said afterwards, you know, this I give you freely or whatever, but you know, you owe me for the awakening thing. And and he says to Josh, the price is very large, and Josh just says, I'll pay it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't question what the price is. And, and Mars replies to him and says, that's the correct answer. You know, he he alludes to that if he would have asked what the price was, it would have been very bad for him to question what the price was going to be. But since he didn't question what the price was, and he wants it regardless. You know, he gives it to him. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. It's, even if we find out what it was in Necromancer coming up, you know, it may not even be determined yet. We may have to wait for another book. I don't know. But it's interesting. Well, let's see what the listeners thought about that very fact. Question of the month. What do you think Mars will ask of Josh in return for awakening him? 
And we got a whole bunch of answers. Yeah, we did. Awesome. It was awesome. You guys really came. As Bernie would say. Stepped up this month. You're making, awesome. us, making us pick and choose. Hey? Mm. It's full of awesome sauce. So, again, if we don't read your response, don't be upset. We'll hopefully try to get you in in a future one. But we do appreciate all the responses because they are all really awesome. I had a hard time choosing which ones. So, Our first one is from Gabrielle, who's from Hershey. I'm guessing Pennsylvania. And uh, her response is to try and undo the curse that the witch put on him. And I think that was yeah. definitely the most popular response. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the most obvious one. Yeah. Our next one is from uh, Justin from New York. The response is he will use him to get Sophie to remove the curse that the witch, the curse that the witch of Endor placed on him. And the sorceress, he pleads with Sophie to remove the curse. Since D is now on the run from the Dark Elders, he probably will not be able to remove the curse. Thus, Mars's only cure is through Sophie. So, along the same vein. Our next one comes from um, Richard Zhang Zhang from Vancouver. I'm sorry, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. But his response is a little uh, different than the rest and said, uh, Kill D, because D failed him and he can't do it himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did he fail him? I was just thinking the same he question myself. He didn't bring I... Josh and or Sophie to him to undo the curse. Well, he, he hasn't yet. But so. he never, but Mars never asked him to. Well, he kind of did. He, he, well, yeah, I mean, D went back to Mars's little pit. To make the awesome. And said, hey, you know, you tell me where they are. And I'll make sure that when I get them and I'm in, um, in control of them, I'll make Sophie release you. But, you know, Dee's not dead yet. He's he's not tried to fulfill that promise and not done it yet either. So I don't, I don't know where – specifically where Dee's failed him uh, so D, far. Dee's failed the Dark Elders in general. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So what we got next here? All right, next is from Regalio from Illinois, and he says Josh's body as a vessel. Hmm, that's interesting. Interesting. Can they do that? I believe they probably can. We don't have really any – well, unless you know – We saw Perinel do it. But Perry did it, but she wasn't necessarily – I don't know. Yeah, I mean she was speaking through Sophie and controlling her actions and her aura even. That so, used an awful lot of Paranel's energy. It did. Paranel's very strong. I'm yeah. So yeah, but but Mars is an elder too. So and you know what? This connection that he forged with him, uh, it may make that possible. Yeah. Although I would wonder why he hasn't done that yet, though. I mean, he can do all sorts of things even with the curse. If that was what he wanted, why hasn't he done it? Well, I don't know. Especially because he wants to get free. Yeah, I don't know right? what the opportunity was to, you know what I mean? When, well, I would when, think it would be right right when he awakened him. I mean, if that's, do it right Well, maybe it's one of those, before Josh one of those things like, you know, how the witch is slowly taking over Sophie because she has her memories. Maybe it's a right. similar, maybe he's thinking it's similar. Yeah, you know, maybe he he wants, he doesn't want to get that immediate takeover because all the other people is there too. I mean, how's he going to make Josh make Sophie release him with everyone else that's there? So if this is to happen, I would say it would he would want it to happen more down the line when either they're separated from everyone else and it's just the two of them or, yeah, they're 
back near, or or he just wants him to learn from Sophie how to release him. Maybe I mean, he wants to to trick to have Josh trick Sophie into telling him how to uh, the spell or whatever to release him. Maybe that's how he's released. Maybe that's to break the curse, switch bodies. Yeah, you know what? We're looking at the same thing with the witch. The, we're, we're talking about the witch doing the same thing with uh, with Sophie with the memories taking over her body, and then you got Mars, her husband, possibly doing the same. So it's definitely a possibility. But um, moving on, our next uh, answer is from uh, Katie V from New York, and she says he may ask some sort of loyalty since Mars seems to be the type of like people on his side. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's from what we can tell, he's on the Dark Elders' side from from what we've seen. So, you know, obviously the Dark Elders want Josh on on their side. Make him swear some sort of fealty or right. Make him immortal. The next response is from Jack from Jefferson, and he said, I think that Mars is going to ask for the pages of the codex that are missing from the book. That's very interesting. Yeah, I don't know what what Mars would be doing with them. Does Mars know that Josh has them? Yeah, I mean, we don't even know that. But we know the Dark Elders want them for, you know, the final summoning. He may want them as a... Try to try to get Josh to give them to him as a bargaining chip. Maybe he thinks a Dark Elder knows how to release him. Possibly. Possibly. Yep. All right. Next up, we have Matthew Chavez from El Paso, Texas, and his response is a favor when he needs it. Yeah. I think that's pretty likely. <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah. Is that's sort of the deal as it is now? I'll give you sure. this, but you owe me a favor. Exactly. Yep, that, that's pretty much pretty spelled out. That's what he what he said he's going to be asking for as a favor. So that's all the uh, QAMs. No, that's just the ones we're reading. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. You know what? There was quite a few. So um, you know, thanks guys for sending them in. Appreciate it, really. All right, so let's get down and dirty here. We got lots to talk about. What, what are we talking about, Jamie? Well, what do you want to do first? We could do the witch. We could do Mars. We could do them both. I mean, we should we should probably do a little bit on the witch, a little bit on Mars, and then sort of what we think that they're being together or married would do to each other. Sounds good. Right. So let's go with the witch. All right. So we talked a little bit about why she possibly gave Sophie all her memories, but uh, I have a little bit of a theory there. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you got? I'm thinking it has a lot to do with the witch's ability to see strands of time. I think that based on what was what the witch saw happening and she said there was only one strand where the twins were going to live. I think based on what she saw happening, she knew Sophie was going to need some kind of knowledge of hers or maybe all of it. So I think I think that had a good deal to do with why maybe she gave her all her memories. Yeah, I mean, you know, over the since since the whole thing happened, you know, episodes we've talked about where the Sophie and the witch's connection have came up. I mean, we've we've talked about and, and theorized what the whole reasoning was behind the gift of memories, which, you know, like I said earlier, it, it just it, it seems too funny to me to just be her trying to help him out. You know, yeah, I, mean, I just I don't uh, know. Although, you know, there's a, there's like, an exchange between the witch and Scatty it says um, right after the quote I mentioned earlier about the um, the witch saying, you know, that that I, I hope you use some of this. The witch, right right when they're leaving, it says, 
Dora wrapped her arms around Scatty's shoulders and put her mouth close to her ear. Her voice dropped to little more than a whisper. I have given this girl a rare and terrible power. Make sure this power is used for good. And so if that's an exchange that is only between the witch and Scatty, why would she say that to Scatty if if she didn't mean that, of all people? You know, if it was an exchange between the witch and Sophie, you could say, okay, well, she might be lying or don't trust her. But to be between the witch and Scatty, that to me says that the witch did have at least good intentions behind it. Now, what is it the greater good? Is it good for just a certain group of people? I don't know. Right. But – that seems to point to, to wanting the best to come out. I think the witch has generally good intentions, but I often wonder if her intentions and what she does is jaded by the fact that she knows what possibly could happen in many forms. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's the whole thing about the Sophie could essentially become the witch if the memories take over. The witch knew that. Although, I mean, if if the witch did see all the strands, then maybe the witch could see that Sophie'd be able to get a good grasp of the power and prevent that from happening. All right, so I'm going to throw this one out there then. Since I've already thrown out the whole time-traveling twins thing, what if Sophie is the Witch of Endor? Okay, now my brain just exploded. (laughs) You went there. Oh, dear. I did. I did. I refuse to discuss it. (laughs) They would have to be of the older race now. Mm Mm-hmm. They would have to. Well, if they were born now, they would be next generation, wouldn't they? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. So, maybe, the, maybe the witch isn't an elder. Okay, Pretty sure she's my an elder. brain exploded. <laughs> I can't process this conversation. See, in my mind, the whole time traveling twins thing isn't that confusing. I don't think that part's that confusing. I think it's when you start saying that there are other people, then it starts getting a little crazy. Yeah. It's so actually comes the witch of it. But that's right. half the fun of that's time travel, I guess. I just I I have a hard time getting my brain around some of the time travel theories. It just so that that's a, a good theory and one I'm just not even going to attempt to digest. Yeah, no, <laughs> Sophie is not the witch of it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> uh, I don't think we're going to see too much more time travel, other than maybe. I think where the time is really going to come into effect is how the witch can see things, you know. Well, I don't know. I don't know because think about it. I mean, the whole thing about this aether is you have to have mastered the other all the other elements first before you can master aether. And we know that that Gilgamesh has that has the power of aether. Do we? Well, he knows all um, the. It's he there, knows. Yeah, it, he knows how to yeah, use the other ones. It doesn't mean he knows how to use. It said all the elements. Don't we? Yeah, don't does. we know he can't use any of them, even though he may know them? He can't use any of them. Yes, this is true. I understand right? that he can't use them. Yes, but he does know all of them. It's it says in there that he he has the knowledge of all the magics. Right. So, but he cannot use them. No, teach them. Yes, because he he has. But how is Aether kind of gained? I mean, is it like once you have all the other magics, you automatically have the ability for Aether, or is it that, you know, you have to gain it as well? Yeah, but I think I so. think the ability to control Aether and seeing time are kind of two totally different I wouldn't well say not totally, totally but, but they're 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 different. But I think we're definitely gonna see more time travel. I mean they're not just gonna mention yes. Kronos in passing. That's either. true. Yes. No, no. No, there's definitely gonna be more time travel than we haven't really seen any except, you know, the whole Machiavelli Legate thing. And yeah. 
you know, that whole thing. And well, you- that seems like a loophole to me. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, well, like I like I said, you know, uh, whether they're actually in where they think they are is up to debate. Mm-hmm. I, I said, said that a long time. Now ago. here's a question. That's a different <laughs> Do you think the witch knows that they're there? I mean, she can see strands of time, so. Do you think she knew this was going to happen? She can see strands of time in the future. Uh, she can see the ability to see the patterns of time, past, present, and possible future. Okay. Well, see, the past, the past aren't isn't multiple times though, multiple strands. So she's looking straight down the barrel of one strand and mm-hmm. for for present and past. True. It's future that there's, you know, all the multiple. Yes, strands. but in the future, Scotty and Joan went to the past. Well, so, and you know what? I mean, that but, right there kind of throws you. I mean, if they didn't go, well, I think you end up sort of with multiple versions of the past. Yeah. Then. And quite frankly, if you read the two sentences where we learn about it, when it says, she says, I gave up my eyes for the sight, the ability to see the patterns of time, past, present, and possible future. There are many patterns. Many versions of possible future, though not so many as people think. In the past few years, the patterns have been coming together, weaving even closer. So, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I, I don't and, know. And then know. she does say now there are only a few possible futures. Right. Yeah, so. because, but well, for one thing, you know, she uh, said that there was only one future that Josh and Sophie made it out of the shadow room, Hecate shadow room alive. I mean, the other so, thing's like she, like they're verging together into one kind of thing. You're knocking off multiple, multiple possibilities because it's coming down to the like one event, and everything's coming together for that. Now, what I kind of am curious about is it's also you have to think who is the witch watching? Like, yeah. I, I right. can't imagine she can watch the entire world's possible futures. But I think you know she probably starts somewhere, and then that path but leads to other all, things, which all kind of converges maybe to one event eventually. For example, if she was following the Kodak, she's not watching Scatty. She's probably following the twins and the progression of what's going to happen at the end game. Yeah. Right. So she might not have she. It's Scatty. She doesn't have to worry about Scatty. I think the witch carries this burden of knowing obviously way more than she lets on to know. And, you know, to what degree and how much of every possible future and, you know, the past and all the strands of time, to what degree? I don't know. I I kind of like to think she knows it all. But she doesn't – she can't know it all because she doesn't know what choice somebody made until it But happens. she knows all the possibilities. She can see what, she can see what might happen. Yeah. But she doesn't know what one took place. So she's, Although she, she, she does ha- know now that all of the futures, she does say, when she says most of the, ever. you know, there are only a few possible futures, she says most of them are terrifying, and they are all linked to YouTube, is what she says. So she at least, you know. The twins are involved. If, if you believe that, then the twins are involved in, in whatever's going on for all of the threads, no matter what. Right. So she may be focused on them, but I think the twins are that common ground that kind of brings everybody to them. So through looking at them, I think she's seeing everybody else that's going to be involved. But, you know, there might have been a possible future where Scatty was killed by Dagon. And the witch isn't going to know which one happened until she happens to run into Scatty again. So I'm just saying she might not be. Well, I don't know about that. Although she she does say she's not going to see Scatty again. 
So if right? she's not looking for Scatty, then I don't she know. Does, she, yeah, she does say, I won't see you So again. maybe maybe right. she knew Scatty was being sent to the past. No, no, well, no, but that's, that's up into interpretation. Does she mean, I won't see you again because you're going to die, or I won't see you again because I'm going to die? Or because one of us is going to get transported to the past, and I'm just not going to see you again. <laughs> Nobody has to die. Oh. They may just not see each other again. We know Scatty hates okay. to visit her grandmother. <laughs> but you can't visit your grandmother. <laughs> I was waiting for that. You can't call your grandmother. And Scatty's going to die some in a desert. Somewhere exotic. 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 <laughs> not <a> desert. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, the Paleolithic era is pretty exotic. It is. It is absolutely <laughs> exotic. There is nothing not exotic about it. But, I mean, based on that big reveal we had at the beginning of the podcast, who knows? This is true. true. Very true. So, keep that in mind, guys. What about the, the uh, real witch? The real witch? I haven't found too much on her. Uh, the one thing I did find was that she does have a flair for necromancy, but not in the way that we've seen in the book. She used to uh, raise people from the dead so that people could talk to their family members kind of as a a last thing to say goodbye or pass messages on or things like that. That's sort of what, what Dee did with Hecate, though. Yes. Yeah, and most of the research I found sort of brings us into that whole modern religion discussion, which I know is not where we should be going. So I can't, I'm not very helpful <laughs> on her. You know, when we were talking modern religion, you know, Michael said, you know, there's, you know, modern religion really doesn't take, take, have, uh, take a place in, in the series, uh, like he's done with forms. You know, so what what part of that of the witch can we actually incorporate into the series, knowing that modern religion doesn't take place? I mean, there's certain things that we know about her that we can't use. Well, I, you know, I mean, I like if you look. Okay, so a little bit religion. <laughs> she was a sorcerer who was visited by Saul, the first king of Israel. Right. We also know historically that she was worshipped in ancient Babylon. They worshipped the witch. Uh, but you know where to where to draw what's mythology out of that based right. on versus what's religion and, and where we go from there. I don't I don't yeah. really know. I'm not sure we're gonna see exactly. too much of that. Yeah. I think I think we may see her flair for necromancy since the next book is called the Necromancer. Granted, she is not the Necromancer. <laughs> how do you sure about that? How do you know that? How do you know? Oh, maybe she is. Yeah. She could be. Well, anyway, you know, I don't know through, we'll... through the podcast, through through this podcast, you know, we have discussed the witch and we've been over the witch and, and, and around the witch. And there's really just book wise, there's just not a lot of of information for us to be able to kind of determine the whole sight thing and why she gave Sophie the memories. I mean, we know Sophie sees her memories a lot, and we know she was married to Mars and just little tidbits of information. So there's not really like these massive chunks of of information about about the witch. But, oh, can we speculate? So, we can speculate, and we have now, to death. So I don't know if we may even necessarily see the Witch of Endor again, outside of Sophie. Um, I think we will. We may not. I, I'm I'm going to lean towards yes. I don't exactly know that that's fact, but you know, it. it I I would hope so. As much as emphasis and the stuff that we've had, I would really be curious as to what you know her demise was if we don't see her again you know even if she's not dead and she just doesn't show up anymore in the book i mean that would 
with all the stuff the emphasis has been on her, I don't really see that happening. So I'm guessing with, you know, we've gotten just sort of the same amount of stuff about Mars, maybe a tiny, tiny bit more, and we know they're linked. I'm betting that we're going to see a, a decent amount more of both of them. Otherwise, why give us the link? Yeah. Like if, if there's not going to be a little bit more to, to discover. Then I, I at least don't think we'll see in the Necromancer much because I've got a feeling Necromancer is going to be a whole bunch of backstory. I think we're going to learn a lot more than we're going well, to see happen. I, I think, well, learning, seeing, you know, kind of the same thing. It depends on how we're learning the information. Yep. If we're learning it through someone telling a story or if we're learning it through, like, Sophie's memories. That's what I'm know, expecting. There's a whole different thing. But, yeah, you're right. Michael said two kind of separate trilogies, you know, much like The Alchemist was, this could be a, a backstory building book leading you know to, to to the end of the series so i just don't see much reason to see the witch of endor yet based on based on events that have taken place up to this point through the sorceress right why would they go back to the witch see i don't think we had enough on the witch in my opinion but i mean there's no i don't I think we need to i think why? i think her past as a necromancer is going to come into play in this book if they yeah. needed I think it's going to come into play with Jermaine. But if they need information that only the witch has, they have Sophie. Well, we also now, since we know from the the little snippet that's at the back of the sorceress, we've got Scatty's sister. I mean, we've got the family relationship there, too, that could very well pull pull the witch back into well, it. Like, like you yeah. said, we have Kronos. We have Prometheus. <laughs> And, and didn't you didn't you find it oh. interesting that when we don't have them necessarily Sophie, in this book, when Sophie and um, Eve met, you know that she didn't do a witch flashback memory draw thing yet. Yeah, I mean yet. we just have just. I, the, I know yet because she's I, learning the she's learned the con, to control the memories. Right, but you know what, what? When I was saying before about about needing to see the witch, uh, and then Sean, you said you know we've got Sophie for that. That's exactly what I mean. I think we need to see. More of the witch from, and that's how we'll see it. Like okay, see, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think we'll see the witch through Sophie. I don't think we'll physically. I don't think the witch of Endor no. will be. She, if, we, uh, she may be. I'm not gonna rule her out, but I'll agree with you that any any backstory for her, we've got Sophie for that. Yeah, and that's fine. As and that's gonna come into play story. with Mars. I think Mars is gonna be a a good chunk of of the narrative. I would answer. agree with that. So, <laughs> speaking of Mars. Great segue, Sean. By the way, who's Mars? Mars isn't that a candy bar? It is. It is. It is a candy bar. Yeah. I didn't know the the Romans named their gods after food. Yeah, it seems I mean, interesting. They named the planet where's, after them and everything. Yeah, where's 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 the Hershey god? Yeah, I mean, where's Mister Goodbar god? I don't know. He's an African god. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So why uh why why do we think that uh. Why do we think Mars is in the predicament that he is in currently? He killed a guy in Reno just to watch him die. I'm going to go with no okay. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that definitely fell into the witch's jurisdiction. <laughs> <laughs> so, seriously, I mean, you know, we know the witch put him there. We know they were married. We know that he was once, like, you know, savior of of the human race and then something happened something happened that turned him uh into the the avenger you know kind of god that 
wasn't such a nice guy anymore. And and you know his his sons uh, Romulus and and Remus, and uh, one killed the other, and and all of that. I mean, who who was there? Who was their mother? Rhea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, so... we know the witch and him are together. You know, did he have? Remus and Romulus kind of like with her or not with her or um, was it a thing by mythology by mythology Rhea she wasn't a god wasn't she was she human or am I mixing that up um yes and no I don't it's complicated it depends on how you follow it yeah and which of which of um Scatty's uh father is is Scatty's father the other brother? No, see, I have a feeling Romulus and Remus came a little came after the witch, perhaps. I mean, were they still married when he flipped out? No, well, you know, I yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting I mean, love. This is this is the first we've really heard of elder relationships, other than like mother grandmother. Yeah, like yeah, I and we know they're all right. related, so it's weird. I think there's a lot of factors coming in. I mean, we know that Mars carried both Clarent and Excalibur, and we know that that can... You know he carried both of them? Yes, he carried both Yeah. Um, at the same time. And we know they both have... They were together. They, were together. they both have pool poles. Right. Well, it said he used to carry them on his back, and the way I read it now, they may have been together at that point, but the way I read it, it was two separate swords. Right. But that could be the other whole in every myth is a grain of truth kind of thing. Maybe he did carry them both and they were indeed combined. I mean, combined. I, and he wore them I assume, on his back. I assume they're com- yes. I, I assume There's definite lines to implicate that the swords drove him insane and that his, you know, that his rage, there's a quote that his rage is liable to devastate the world at every adjoining shadow realm. And then it continues on, which I think is really interesting to say. And then some humani hero or warrior elder would be forced to destroy him. So, I don't know. I think maybe he just came completely un- indestructible, and that was hmm. the only way to protect people. Protect people or protect him? Well, protect yes. him and protect his potential victims. <laughs> maybe she didn't put him there because... She wanted to punish him. Maybe she put him there to save him from himself. That's possible, too. See, I lean more towards his sons being the final sort of unhinging. Well, and I think that's part of it, too. I think I think there's a lot of things going on with him. Because I, I, I was under the impression, now I'm remembering the swords thing, that he had the swords after he went whacked. Yeah. Yes. And then he used the swords as the event as the evil Mars. Right. Well, he 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 definitely had them then. Whether he had them previously or not, it it's not clear. Yeah. Yeah. He may have had them all along, and then. But we, what we only hear about is you know him using them when he was you know the the Avenger Mars the Avenger or whatever. I mean, I, I I lean more towards the sons being the unhinging of. No, them. and I I think that right. could be an unhinging. I. I kind of wonder – there's got to be a reason, though, that one killed the other, and I think maybe Mars might feel responsible for what happened. And I, I kind of wonder maybe even if Mars, when he awakened his twin sons, if he asked them the same question he asked Josh, you know, 
Will you do me a favor? Awaken his sons. Yeah, he says he did. Okay. He says he awakened his sons, and then you know they one went mad, kind of, and killed the other. Then the sons weren't elders, because elders don't need to be awakened. Well, we. What? Do we know that? I don't think we know that. Michael posted something on the forums recently about why would an elder need to be awakened because someone mentioned how Odin was awake, but worded it as he's been awakened, and he said, why would an elder need to be awakened? Okay. I mean, definitely implying that elders just are. They right, but what I'm saying is... Different race. Yeah, so then right, I mean, sons were he clearly may have said that, but is there's no book... No. You know, there's no book backup of, of the whole awakening thing. I don't think we've ever heard of anyone elder speak of being awakened or... Anything like that, except for the whole process here with Mars, and he says that he awakened his yeah. son. So maybe, maybe Mars had had them two with a with a Humani. I mean, I kind of when you said how Romulus and Remus why they fought, maybe they fought over the same type of thing where some of the elders were for the Humani and some of them were against the Humani, so they fought against one another. Perhaps. Romulus. Do we know which one died offhand? Not that it yeah, really matters. I, I, we do I from mythology, I guess. But yeah, I from can't, mythology. Okay, so I, I can't remember either. But, but either way, I mean, so whichever one happened to win, and perhaps one wanted to defend the Humani along with his father, and the other son decided, no, I'm going to stick with the elders, and so it, they it could have been one was killed. So Mars blames the. Eventually, you know, he, his son, his one of his sons killed his other son, so he's now. That's going to unhinge anybody, right. and perhaps in some respects he blames the Humani for it, yeah. right. and so he became this. That's possible, or, or it could be like a birthright thing. Like um, you know, they're fighting over who who is who is lead or who is you know next in line or whatever like that. From mythology, Jamie, do you know what they fought over? Um, I can't remember, and I think I think it was I think it was Romulus that lived because I think he went on to become the founder of Rome and Remus, which means wolf. I right. Yeah, I don't became a teacher at Hogwarts. (laughs) 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 But Uh... yeah, I'm not really sure, but I I do often wonder because of what Mars asks of Josh, and I don't know if that's because he's now a dark elder or if he actually expects something in return for awakening if he asked his sons for something in return for what he did for them for for such a quote-unquote dark elder i mean he seems really like in pain and remorseful and in in his questioning of josh i mean there's several times josh says that he sees the blue eyes tear up before they glare back over with his red aura so I, i don't know how Granted, yes, he is working with the Dark yeah. Elders. And, I think and he still has everything. a heart. I think, yeah. Because right, there, there's a quote where now, he says, I was called the god of war, my powers were terrible, and yet I could not kill her, meaning the witch. So despite right. everything that the witch did to him, I'm guessing in trying to imprison him, he still couldn't kill her because he loved her. Right. So and he loved his sons, obviously. I just looked up for some stuff on Romulus and Remus here. Um, so they... Apparently were washed ashore and suckled by a female wolf who recently lost her cubs. However, they were found before they had time to develop into werewolves, and they were trained to be not werewolves, apparently. However that works. But anyways, 
They were going to plan a new city, being Rome. They could not agree on the exact location, so Romulus basically drew a line in the sand and challenged Remus. Remus crossed the line. Romulus hit him and killed him. Mm. Sounds um, like feuding twins. It does seem, yes, it, it does seem rather un, uneventful for the book series, though, to say, mm-hmm. I want to build my city here. Well, I want to build it here. Bang, you're dead. Right. Um, but I think it could potentially apply to something to do with Thanatolis, possibly. Not necessarily where it was yeah, built, I mean, but, we really don't but know. maybe. Building a, you know, Romulus wanted to build a city for the humans, essentially. The largest, you know, he wanted to build Rome. So take that into the story. Maybe they wanted to open Danutalis to the Humani, and the other one didn't. Well, Humani were was already. But they there. were slaves. Yes. So you're saying one wanted to free the yeah. Humani. So he which gets up what, there and he says, "Let my people yeah, go." Which is what Mars Chalmers shows up. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. So, oh no. Yeah, you know, I think there's more. There's more to uh, to the God of War there. Yeah. Than what we've what we've been led to believe, you know, this whole Avenger thing, you know, I don't know. He seems really remorseful and really in pain uh, where he is and where he has to, you know, basically has to for millennia just sit and and think, Stew. yeah, you know, think about all the, those things that have happened and what he did and what he may have done wrong, yeah. and you know, that may have been the witch's ultimate plan for him as well. From a pers- from a purely personal standpoint, I hope he becomes one of the good guys because he'd be pretty awesome to have on our side. Yeah, um, I like. Mars. I really like Mars. Uh, the way they char- the way Michael's characterized him, mm-hmm. even beyond like without okay, which side is he on? Regardless of that, his demeanor, his just the way he is. I guess I don't know. I like Mars. Right, he's the god of war. Yeah. Well, that's going to be interesting. I mean, do you guys think we're going to see? Uh, backstory, like Witch and Mars backstory? I, in, I uh, think we movie? will get more glimpses of it. I don't think we'll get a full story yet, but I think right. I think we'll hear more about it. I think we're going to get it from Sophie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would 100% agree Yeah, I don't that. think Mars is going to confess a whole lot, especially if yeah, he's interacting with thing, someone like D. You're not going to get a whole lot from him. This, this whole thing with the memories, I mean, you know, Joan helped her kind of kind of calm the the storm there with them and everything but you know flamel is always saying i wish Parnell was here she would know i wish Parnell was here she would know what to do she would know what's causing this perhaps now that they're reunited with Parnell, there's going to be some kind of working out there that she's going to be able to help her to you know recall certain memories or you know so that's Parnell's what kind of surprised me about the chapter one glimpse that we got it seems right. like well, what happened between being on the hill oh. and getting to Agnes's house? Yeah, why did it's a little bit of up? misdirection? Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, like, how, why is that chapter one? You know, I'm what I'm. I mean, maybe this is going to be something in the day book. Well, we are. Didn't we get I the, think day we got the day did book? Did we? I don't. Yeah, I think we got the day book. Yeah, I mean, I think probably chapter two is going to go directly Nick to can... Nick. And Perry, and they're going to be. I, I bet there's going to be explanation of of why they were set, why they separated. They must have had something mm-hmm. they they had to do that they didn't want to bring the twins with, for some reason. Right. Yeah, I it, I agree with you, Sean. It was it was kind of strange to see them um, apart and just the twins walking freely in in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know where uh, Enoch Enterprises is for one, and yeah. you know Maybe. any. Elder can descend upon it pretty quickly and all that. So. Yeah, they would just let them walk home. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, any chance? Any chance not. Aoife is working for Mars? No. Aoife? Well, it's her grandpa, so maybe. Is he, though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, I think so. Well, I mean, it, w- it, w- it would make sense if, you know, Scatty being in the bloodline of, of Mars. So, yeah. But yeah. working for him? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I think or that working with him. Because <laughs> she's looking for Scatty. Right. And here's the thing. You know, we haven't heard from which witch, you know, the witch. <laughs> which witch is which is witch. We haven't heard from the witch specifically, you know, since Flamel called her uh, in The Magician. Mm-hmm. So she maybe made some phone calls of her own. Mm-hmm. That's possible. You know, she knows what's going to happen to Scatty, so she calls Aoife and sends Aoife out to find her, and she doesn't get her in time, and or she's still looking for her, let's yeah. say that. She's still looking for her when she comes across the, the twins at, at Aunt Agnes's house, if that's really her name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, again, a whole whole other podcast. (laughs) I wouldn't be at all surprised if the Necromancer ended sort of cliffhangery with Mars confronting Josh and Sophie, the whole thing, and then we kind of get what happens in the Warlock. Like, we'll get a lot of the – I think it will kind of – the Necromancer will kind of – I know this is sort of predictions episode, but it has to do with Mars. So it wouldn't surprise me if, like, the the back end of of Necromancer was – the confrontation with with Mars and Sophie and the witch's memories, and we kind of get all that. Right. I think based on now that we know who the mother of the gods is and how Mars is connected to that story, I think we're definitely going to get a lot more from him. And I might even wager right. a guess. He's kind of my top choice for the necromancer right now. So Mars yeah. is. I'm kind of running with a bunch of theories, but he's he's just hanging out there on top. So for some reason. Yeah. So, we'll see. It's a possibility. I mean, at this point, I mean, this whole next—we've met him. <laughs> the whole next three um, title characters could be could be elders, where the first three were humani. Well, immortals. So, well, they're still humani. Yeah. Immortal humani. Da da da. So, I think we thoroughly covered as, as best we can. You know, we re rehashed a lot of the stuff that we've talked about over the past year mm-hmm. with the witch and Mars. So it's about pretty much it's about as much as we can we can touch on them for this uh for this episode. We'll let Dora keep exploring the lines of time. Uh-huh. Get Dora the Explorer. So, you know, um moving on. Random quote. We're not going to do a random quote, you know, because the whole mix-up last time. So. I'm still mad about and, that. You know, you can, That's like a direct insult yeah. on my editing skills. I'm not sure what it, happened. It is. You, you totally had to. You had to mess something up I there. I don't know. Jane. So we're going to. Have you have you checked the audio file yet? I've checked it a bunch of times, and I, for the life of me, cannot figure out. Like the one I have is clean. Well, it's fine. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know, know who it's it's I Butch fault. person is. It's probably Podcast Alley's fault, so what you need to do to try to make sure it doesn't happen again is to go vote for us. Exactly. That was my very next point, was to jump over Podcast Alley, send us a vote. We know a lot of you guys are listening with all these emails and QOMs we got, so come on, please. It takes a minute. After you send us an email, send us a QOM, click right on the link right above the QOM thing. It's right there, big link. It says Podcast Alley. Click right there on it, send a vote in for us. We appreciate it. 
send us an email. Um, the email is awakenings at flamels-immortal-portal.com, and you know, send us uh, some 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 good uh, insight, and maybe you'll get on the next episode. Speaking well, of the next episode, yeah. Speaking of the next episode, be sure and uh, and tune in. Big big discussions on the topic about Danu Tallis and um, all the in and outs of the working there. So we're going to try and dive into that and uh, see what we can uh, what we can dig up. No pun intended. So <laughs> that's all for this episode. Until the next Legate opens. This is Jamie, Jeff, Sean, and Chris. Signing off. may induce uncontrollable laughter resulting in stares, glares, and strange looks from members of the general public. Please take the appropriate steps to protect yourself from these embarrassing moments. Yeah. It is. No. Yeah. Where? I don't see it. Jeff That's Charity Info. Oh, it's underlined. That's what, okay. My bad. So I figure... <laughs> underlined, all right. It's underlined and bolded, so of course you missed it. <laughs> My bad. And now it's red. Hello. Can you see it now? I see it now. So I figured I'll do the news, then I'll kind of introduce you to introduce this guy. Sean is speaking. Okay, I missed that. My dog was growling. I didn't know if you could hear it. Oh, no. (laughs) Also, I'm like, who are you talking to? I was lost. (laughs) I was completely lost. That'll make for a nice outtake. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, did we get any messages? Like, hey guys, give me a second. Yeah. I gotta grab some water. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm gonna be while you're gone. Even more. Okay. All right. While we're gone, while he's gone, we'll play. We'll it. Go on. People said what they did. People did what they said they were going to. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right. Let's try that again. <laughs> All right. It's late. <laughs> All right. Uh, can you tell I'm tired? Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Considering Fuzzbin's name is Josh, I don't think that was him. I'm sorry. <laughs> you saw Jake. <laughs> what is uh, Justin sent in before? I can't remember what his full name is though. But uh, yeah, he sent things in before. Sorry for mixing you guys up. That's yeah. <laughs> dead air, dead air, dead air. Again. Yeah, he's dying. Yeah, he's yeah, gonna say, "Wow, that was brutal." Looking at Dora, she speaks Spanish too. I have to watch that. Have to. How often you have to watch it? At least SpongeBob is entertaining. Anyways. Podcast derailed. <laughs> yeah, it was gonna. It was. It was bound to happen at, at some point. And, yeah, it was. The man's gotta do <laughs> No more. God. No more. <laughs> Doctor Horrible. Oh, this is hilarious. Um, can we finish the podcast? <laughs> We're like two seconds. I lost my train of thought. <clears throat>
<laughs> I was like, what's happening? <laughs> 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 <laughs>